In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cat. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we are are Absolute absolute dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Sexier Than a Squirrel, the podcast that teaches you how to conquer the environment and become the best thing in the world to your dog. Now, do we have some cool stuff for you? And I think that this is going to make you think way bigger than you ever have before. And that's because we are talking about today the really what is a, a, a secret to getting great transformation with your dog and turning your struggles to strengths, whether it's pulling on lead, whether it's barking and lunging, whether it's jumping up at guests or just barking generally, right? And when we say a secret, it's not that we've kept it a secret. It's just one of those things that's kind of always been done. And yet we realize that it's pretty magic. And actually, yeah. now's the time to really share it on a big scale with you. Yeah, And that is that when you have a struggle when you maybe have something that your dog does that is let's say far from ideal the temptation is to get quite focused on that one thing right so let's say it might be your dog pulls on lead and them pulling on lead just means that your walks are stressful they're no fun it's certainly not why you got a dog in the first place. And you've probably had this experience of you try and try and try to improve it, and yet you're not making the progress that you want to make. And I think that's the, probably the most punishing thing for so many people, right? We're not making the progress. So basically, what we're going to do today is we're going to help you to feel, well, not just to feel, to be, to do, to um, to actually really like take those steps, right, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. And so what we want to introduce you to is this idea of, the small picture versus the big picture in dog training. Um, what and what do we mean by that, Tom? Come on, like, what do we mean? It, what we mean is that often we'll get really focused on the small picture, the fact that a dog pulls on lead. And we don't, first of all, acknowledge the rest of their life in terms of how great they are in other respects, but also maybe how the the, the challenge of other situations leaves clues as to why they might be pulling on lead. So let's get really practical about it. What do we mean? Well, let's take the example of pulling on lead since we started since we've started with that one. And you could decide that you're going to change your dog's behavior on lead. And so you're thinking in the the small picture, you're putting that lead on your dog, you're going to walk them up and down and try and feed them when they don't do that. And, you know, you've, you've read lots of books that says, well, reward what you do want and ignore what you don't want. But meanwhile, your dog's pulling at the end of the lead and is very much ignoring you. And you're thinking, how do I escape this? How do I how do I move forward on this? 
And I think that's the big um, thing, right? Like people want to move forward, Tom. Like that's one of the biggest struggles yeah. is that we all want to see some progress. Like everyone wants to see some progress. And one of the main reasons why we started this podcast is because there is a, a unfortunately, the majority of people are falling out of love with dog training or losing faith in dog training because the advice that they're getting is not giving them the results that they expect. And yet we know that you can get the results that you want. You can get real life results. We've just got to change the approach a little bit. So we know that this pulling on lead is a problem. We've worked, tried to work in the problem, in the situation, in the small picture, and it's not working. What do we do instead? And I think that's, that's the thing, right? It's, it's not that people, people struggle most, Tom, with not knowing what to do. So it's not that they're in a struggle. Like all of us feel okay, really, with having a struggle if we've got the solution. It's actually yeah. when we sit in the problem and we've got this great saying, at absolute dogs, and it's 5% problem, 95% solution. And we're all about working in the solution. We're all about coming up with the, with the options. We're all about creating something colorful instead of something black and white. And I think that's where people want to go. That's what people want to hear. And this requires us to take a step back and look at the big picture. And the fact is that no dog ever has just one problem in total isolation of anything else. And so once we start, once we take a step back from the painful thing and we acknowledge that actually our dog maybe is not showing a level of self-control that we might like in other contexts. Maybe they're not showing a level of focus that we might like in other contexts. Maybe, um, they, you know, they're, they're, they're seeming worried about things outside of this situation. How about we work on their focus separate from that small picture? How about we work on their self-control separate from that picture? How about we work on their optimism and just general confidence separate from that picture? By changing the big picture, do you think it's going to make a difference to the small picture? Absolutely, because the small picture sits within the big picture. Just give an example of that, Tom. So let's give a, like a practical, real-life example of exactly how that might look. Okay, so if I go for... Um, let's go for, oh, I've got a really good one. So I was, I was chatting to someone the other day and um, their dog, they, they came to me and they said, my specific, specific struggle is that my dog just doesn't like other dogs. He's, you know, that, that is what I need to work on. And what I did is I started asking, asking them questions about actually how does your dog respond to people? And they said, oh, you know, well, he, he he jumps up at people and um, often he, he jumps up and, and doesn't leave them alone and to the point where sometimes it's really funny he kind of starts humping them and mouthing them and I'm like okay that's information um, and then um, I maybe ask about um, I don't know I ask about how is he at home and they say oh he's really good at home um, absolutely no problems but what he, he doesn't like it if actually he's in a room and he knows that I'm in the house and he can't get to me I'm like oh, that is information as well and then I say okay well now let's talk about what he's like with other dogs and they say well you know as a puppy he was just super keen on dogs and he would he would just be all over them and if he saw a dog he wouldn't be able to come away from it he would run towards it and now we've got a big picture right we've not just got the small picture of he doesn't like other dogs we've got a big picture and this big picture says to me and screams to me actually he really struggles with disengagement he doesn't see the value or is unable to come away from something that he finds very exciting or he finds very scary and that means that you know what this problem's developed over time where he's repeatedly put himself in that situation with other dogs some dogs have told him off 
he's now worried about other dogs and yet still he can't think that dog is none of my business. He's running up to them when off lead or when he's on lead, he's barking and lunging at them. And now we can do something about that. Now we can build disengagement. There are many games for that. We it's can always build like, Tom, isn't it? Putting the control or the power or the skill or the understanding back into the hands of the owner, whereas actually they felt really out of the picture and like they really don't know what to do. It's like giving them all the powers back. I know Liza, for example, we were up on the moorland the other day and um, Eliza goes hand to hand and she goes, I give you my special powers. And I kind of play along <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I have the special powers to turn you to ice or fire or whatever. And it's kind of like you're giving the owner back the powers that actually exactly enable it. them to understand what you're working with in front of you because i remember the first um time i saw a disengagement struggle or if i think back to it the disengagement struggle that i saw was a uh, border collie um who uh, the guy was told not to touch the border collie the border collie went up to the person they touched her and she bit them and i remember seeing that and thinking why did that even happen this was like 10 15 years ago why did that even happen like why why did she go up to them and why did they put their hand on her yeah. and then she bit them because she went up to them as if she was being friendly. And, and now I completely understand disengagement or, or I, I mean, we're all, a, we're all a work in progress. We're all learning. And if you're one of the learners out there, just like Tom and I, we're eternal learners. We're committed to learning. We're committed to growing. We're committed, <laughs> we're committed to, to keep making progress. And I think for me, that was like one of those moments when I looked back on it and I was like, ah, that's what that was. And, and I didn't really see it at the time. I remember it really puzzling me. But, it, but in terms of like disengagement, it's one of those things that gives you the power back to actually make a difference, right? Like we walk our dogs around um, very safely around stock or we walk our dogs. Like this morning I was walking and there were pheasants in the field and I can walk knowing that my dogs are able to disengage from those. And I think that's such mm -hmm. a nice, comforting, it's a good feeling. So this big picture thinking is going to enable you to really like hone, hone the skills, I think, and gives you the power back. Yeah, and the cool thing is, is that your dog's behavior leaves clues. And what we see way too often is that people get so absorbed in the problem, so obsessed with the the painful part of their dog's behavior and their dog's struggle and the, the area where there's a real mismatch between what's happening and actually the dream that made them get a dog in the first place. And 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 actually in staying in that and focusing on it and it's the human thing isn't it to be like right i'm going to fix this problem and fixing this problem means obsessing over the problem actually we miss out on loads of information and that information can unlock the road forward and that's where stepping back thinking about the big picture is huge and um, lauren tell um tell everyone about the the story the thing that you were telling me about earlier with the um the, the pulling on lead. Oh my, my gosh. So uh, a young uh, residential training dog, uh, he's a really beautiful dog, don't get me wrong. He pulled me flat on my face the other day. I mean, really flat on my face. And anyway, I was speaking to his owner and I was saying like, he's a great dog and he really is a great dog. He's got a lot of good qualities. He's friendly. He's a cute, he's a, he's a nice boy. Like he's, he's lovable. He's a little absolute rogue. Like he's, he's just, and he's, you look at him and he makes you smile and he's a, he's a red lab and he's, a, he's full of life and he's absolutely joyful. However, her struggle is she can't <laughs> let him off leash. So she cannot let him off leash. And so when she walks him, uh, she basically worried he's not going to come back. So when she does let him go, she has to do, be in big spaces and she's come to me wanting help with recall. And I've said, is there anything else you want help with? Or is there anything else we can sort of serve you with and, and make sure that we sort of support you with? And, and we want to do, uh, we want to make sure that, that she has a more enjoyable experience with him. And, 
And she says, no, no, it's, it's really the recall. And anyway, I, I, I basically put him on lead. I go for a walk and I'm like, dear Lord, how does anybody live with this picture? And basically my thought was this dog who is doing it, this is a dog who doesn't want to be in proximity with us or close proximity with us. He's, he's in a, he's probably like, I don't know, hundred meters. That's yeah. where he's comfortable being. And if I ask him to come into me, he says no. And if I tell him to come into me, he still says no. You know what? There's no coming to you. He doesn't get it. And, and Matt, Matt um, kind of jokes uh, with this, but we, we kind of go, we, we say his name. Let's give him a, a nickname for this one. We'll call him Barry. Barry, Barry. And Barry is coming nowhere near us. Like he literally, <laughs> he literally, it's like he does not know his name. And yet, yeah. what I would say is that the biggest struggle is proximity is a problem. Like he doesn't have, whether he's on a lead, whether he's off a lead, he ain't coming close. So yeah. for me, it's the big picture, right? Like it's, it's all of yeah. it. It's putting it all and, together. And and it's only when we take a step back. And the cool thing is when we talk about uh, when we talk about concept training and we talk about being a game changer and a games-based dog trainer, what does that mean? Well, it means that we acknowledge that the brain is um, the, the brain is fluid and moldable and reshapable. Um, and the brain is made up of these building blocks that are like skills, strengths or weaknesses, you know, like proximity, like Lauren's mentioned, or um, the ability to disengage, optimism, confidence focus right and so we can then manipulate and grow those building blocks depending on what we need but actually the first step is well what building blocks do we need to grow so, and so that just doesn't come him, from Tom, the small picture well I'm, I'm thinking on him so she comes to me and she says my struggle is recall and that's her pain point so her she feels painful about recall because she feels yeah. guilty that she can't let him off lead and she is the most beautiful owner she's honestly the sweetest lady and she wants to do a good job by him and her biggest thought is she is a bad person because she doesn't feel like she's serving her dog well and she doesn't feel like she's giving her dog what he deserves. Whereas I look at it as actually let's grow. Um, if we think about all the concepts, he doesn't need to grow any grit. He doesn't need any confidence or any optimism because he is oozing with that. He's absolutely, um, completely, um, yeah, he's cool with independence. He's got no issue with independence. But let's think calmness. Box tick. Ticked, done for life. Uh, calmness definitely could do with growing some calmness flexibility absolutely does not have um as much flexibility as you can proximity it's absolutely like completely and utterly lacking it's like it's gone on holiday but a permanent one and and we don't have a dog at all that chooses to ever stay close to us he doesn't regularly check in in fact he wouldn't have a clue if you're on the same walk as him or no it's like you drop him to the park and he's kind of gone off for an hour and you're sitting there picking him up and you're waiting and you're, you're clock watching and he's still out partying and um, he's got zero focus he's got zero ability to listen in the in, in in any environment let alone a distracting one and his self-control is that of a gnat like he's literally uh, the self-control like it's it's so far gone that I can't even think there was ever any like it's those are all the areas that for me he's really lacking and probably the biggest one if I was to think on one would be obviously proximity however there's lots of like concepts there that I really want to draw on and pull in and that's where I'm paying into the bank accounts really now with him and so the the success is unlocked by looking at the big picture. Now, we want to make this practical for you. So we've got like a little bit of homework in this episode. And this homework is one that we absolutely want you to do. We know that it's one of those things that we'll ask you to do and you'll be like, oh, I can do it in my head. No, we are doing it on paper. We are writing it down. You can type it out at, 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 at least, right? And so we want to get, we want you to get a big picture look and feel of your dog and understanding of your dog. And so 
And you're going to do it like a little mini behavior consult for yourself. And the way that that's going to look is that you're going to get a piece of paper and you're going to write some things down the side of the piece of paper. And the first one that you are going to write is noises. OK, so and, I, and we're not talking like fireworks and thunder. We're talking in on this sheet, commonly occurring day to day stuff. So you're going to write noises. You're going to write people, adults. You're going to write children. You're going to write dogs. You're going to write puppies. You're going to write being separated from you with you out the house. And you're also going to write being separated from you with you in the house. You're going to write resource guarding on there. And then there's going to be a space at the bottom of the sheet whereby you can you can add things. We'll talk about that in a second. Now, what you're next going to do is to the right of each of those um, to to each of those items on that list you're going to describe what your dog does but you're not going to say yes or no or he's fine you're going to describe what he does so you're going to actually describe the behaviors that he does does he bark does he jump up right um, because I think sometimes we get into a little bit of a, a habit of being like oh he's fine and we miss information and it's this information that's actually going to unlock what we do and how we maybe conquer some struggles that we've been struggling with for a long time you're going to do that as part one. And now part two, we're going to ask you a question and we want you to write down the, the, the we want you to write these things down and really think about it. What are the top 10 funniest or most quirky things that your dog does? Right. Top 10. They don't have to be in. They don't have to be in order of um, ridiculous. So I'm going to give an example of um, one of ours is uh, style. Uh, Whenever she sat on a bed with another dog or anywhere near us. So if she could access us at all, she'll always put her paw or her whole body on you. So poor Blink sometimes has like (laughs) style all over her. And that's one of the funniest things she does. Like literally, it just has me in stitches. And some of the other dogs don't appreciate it. So I don't put her on the bed with them. Um, And yet for me, if I don't want her near me, I have to move my foot away. She literally has to be in contact with you. Like it's just the funniest thing. So that's like one of her... Um, quirky things and then if I think to maybe Abra she always likes to shove her whole head in a water bowl whole head goes in <laughs> and then she kind of every now and again she'll blow some bubbles so it's like and I'm like get your head out of there and then yeah so anyway those are just some of the quirky things I would pick out in, um, in, in dogs um, if I if I had to pick one I'd go for um, Thistle who likes to um, hide toys and food and treats (laughs) and basically anything. So you can kind of sit down and you will find all kinds of things hidden in the, um, like under a throw on a chair or whatever it might be. And it's just because Thistle's come and done her, done her spring cleaning. So um, you write down your top 10, your top 10 quirky or ridiculous or funny things that your, um, that your dog does at the bottom of the sheet. And now what we want you to do is we want you to read these things back and look at these things and just notice the the consistencies or notice the overlap or notice or think about how actually there's there's quite a bit of similarity in areas. And this these similarities, these are likely that the same personality trait or the same concept or the same strength or the same weakness showing its head in lots of different situations and that might be show and, and those those skills strengths weaknesses whatever you want to call them might be showing their head in your struggles right now and they might be the things that you most need to work on and yet without taking a step back and seeing the big picture you might have missed them 
And I think that's the thing, right? Like sometimes we miss it just because, yeah, we're so focused in that like intense small moment. Like, like my lovely, I'm about to say her name, my lovely client with um, her leash walking. Uh, and I'm not sorry, no, her recall, my leash walking. The whole thing is big, right? Like it's, it's bigger than that. And we get so fixed and focused in, in I, I, I'm always so surprised. I, I was so shocked that she didn't say the other things to me. Like I was so shocked that those weren't, a, a struggle like they weren't the bigger picture like it was just that one little thing so yeah i think i think sometimes it's like the whole wood for the trees scenario yeah. right it's almost like just because you see some things as more acceptable than others doesn't mean that they don't leave clues and give you information and that's what this exercise really unlocks so that was the small picture big picture episode of sexier than a squirrel we really think that this is going to unlock some next level real life results for you the next step in your transformations we're really excited to hear how you get on with this one do the exercise and remember stay, stay sexy, sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program, huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today, where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.